This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 48 of the Stacey West podcast as ever. I'm Ben joined by Gary. How are we doing today my good man? I'm brilliant mate. I'm loving that new jingle. Yeah that's that's still not been done because I've been too busy. I know, some sub story about being up at three in the morning because someone couldn't get into his emails. A likely story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've got, I've got to come up with an excuse somehow, otherwise you'll, you just will never believe me. So. Um, but I yes, believe other, you, my friend. <laughs> other than that, uh, are we all well this week? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Are we running a book on whose pet's going to interject first? Well, my door's shut tonight, so uh, it's not going to be mine. And Charlie kicks off every week, so he's odds on favourite, isn't he? There we go. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a, a well timed inter- uh, interaction with Ellie last week. She uh, she just sort of decided to wander in as she normally does. And, uh, That's she, she stopped me walking. Yeah, she walking up the st- uh, she stopped me walking up the stairs the other night. Just literally laid across the top step as I was trying to get up, uh, get upstairs to the bathroom, and she just went, "No, I'm not moving. You can bugger off." Um, and yeah, just couldn't get upstairs at all. Pain in the ass. Did, anyway, did you give her? A, did you give her a toe poke? Um, no, I very gently rubbed her belly because there's a point where she'll like that, and then she'll just bugger off really quickly, or she'll she'll go like, "Oh, that's quite nice," and then immediately go, "No, that's enough," and scratch the crap out of my arm. Fortunately, okay. it was the first one last night, so yeah. that's always a bonus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> So, um, we will get on to talking about the imps uh, as we normally do, but obviously there's a big story uh, in in League One and really in football this week, uh, which is the expulsion of Berry from the Football League and the fact that Bolton have uh, well they've been they've had a takeover bid accepted and it looks like they're going to be fine. So we've we've said quite a lot on um you know around the subject of berry uh so far um i mean it's it's just an awful situation isn't it yeah yeah it's it's crap in it for everybody involved except steve dale um who probably is gonna sell everything he can get his hands on and make a few quid 
I don't think that the EFL bashing is entirely justified. I know that they say that uh, they they didn't ratify Dale's um, fit and proper ownership, but we don't know the ins and outs of it. It's easy to to blame them. Uh, I think there's a lot of, as I wrote earlier in the week, there's a lot of different elements to this and a lot of people who can be held accountable. Um, mm. But, it, you know, that doesn't make it any better for the poor bugger that I've got a game to go to this Saturday um, or indeed the last six Saturdays, to be fair. Uh, not at all. But talk of, you know, last minute rescue plans and appealing the decision and all of that. I'm sorry, that's that's not on either. Um, no. There's 23 other teams in this football league as well. And some of us have been adversely affected by uh, by by events. I don't really buy the fact uh, that MK Don's playing one game fewer affected us too much, but I do buy the fact that with Doncaster having the rest, it helped them. Um, at the end of the day, you've got to uphold the integrity of the competition, but it's a desperately sad day for Berry. All I'd ask is this company that have gone to the AFL and said, we've got £7 million to save them, don't expel them from the league. Where the f- were they over the summer? Yeah. Why didn't they make themselves known? Yeah, it was... Uh... Yeah, I just can't. I can't put it into words. Really, how how desperately sad it is. Um, I mean, we've. It's one of those situations where you you, you don't want to. There he is. There's Charlie. Um, we we don't want to. You know, you don't want to insert yourself into the situation and go. Oh, by the way, you know, we've we've been there and all the rest of it. And and you know, sad sad times. But it we we have been in a position where we we wondered if we were going to have a club. Um, and unfortunately, you know, well, fortunately for us, it, it went through and everything was okay. But it's it's gone kind of the other way for Berry. Um, um, but yeah, it's it, it's just a it's just a desperately sad situation. Um, and unfortunately, I, I mean, it, it looks like it it's going to spell the end of it because ultimately you've got a, you've got a business that's not going to have any. Uh, any money coming in and it looks like a lot of the employees and the players and um, they're going to be shipping out elsewhere um so i you know it, it, from most from most supply and uh, most players have gone haven't they most players yeah. have been gone anyway it's been a shell of a club for months for for weeks now um, yeah. um so yeah you're quite right but i think that the, the 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 thing that you say there about there being um multiple factors and you know not not necessarily singling out the EFL to to focus the anger on I think you're absolutely right it's you know that the EFL have, have been in a position where they they kind of let a takeover get rushed through and there's a part of me that thinks you know that that could well have happened this time around as well you know there, there would have been fit and proper person checks but you know given the fact that there was a, a bid put in on the the last day who knows what you know, who knows what that would have actually entailed. Um, it's it's a web of people that are to blame. It's a, a whole host of, of issues that have all culminated in essentially what is a, uh, you know, the, the ex, you know, extinguishing of a club that is, uh, well, it was one of the founding members of the Football League. So it's, it's sad. And I mean, I, I really don't buy this whole thing. You know, I, I think we said it before with... Um, with Nigel Clough saying about um, you know the, oh, the Premier League should bail you know should should bail the lower league teams out or um, people suggesting that uh, Gary and Phil Neville should put in millions of pounds because their dad was there and, and all this I just think I, I agree to a point in necessarily with the with the film Gary Neville thing is that if 
would they not have been more suited to to putting money into Berry rather than Salford? But then, you know, you've got you've got so many other factors involved with that. Um, but the big one is I. I don't think there should be a bailing out as such because as has been said that gives you um that gives you a precedent and then you'll you'll see probably start to see other clubs getting ground you know ground down and then going to the premier league and going oh can we have some more money it's like that there needs to be a, a post-mortem as to what's happened with Barry, and there just needs to be a serious period of self-reflection i think from everybody involved uh, where they sit down and go right how can we prevent this from happening again because it, it will um, they can't prevent it it's, it's the culture that we've got it started in 1992 and it's like all of the world's problems something happens and then as that something develops the world develops problems on the back of it it's it's like the problems in the middle east it's like the problems in ireland it's like every problem that ever occurred is that there is no going back. There is no going back to pre-1992. Clubs got in trouble before 92. I get that. Um, mm. But there's, you know, the amount of money that's in the game now, clubs in a professional league should not be in trouble. And I feel, I mean, I, I want to wrap this up in a minute because I don't want to talk too much about Barry on a Lincoln podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think that supporters have actually got to have a look at this and not supporters of Barry, supporters of other clubs, because you still see it now. The chairman should put his hand in his pocket. We need to invest if we want to go up. And those same people are the ones that will then moan about paying 20 quid to get into a game rather than 17 quid. And Mm. it's not all give, 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 take, take, take. Football clubs are being run in some areas properly, like us. Um, Mm -hmm. To a degree, I'm going to say Mansfield, and I'm only going to say Mansfield because they're spending money that they are generating from sponsorship with one call. To a degree, I'm going to say Forest Green. And it, it pains me, but Dale's got the money that he keeps putting in. Dale sounds like a made, mate, doesn't he? Vince has got <laughs> the money he keeps putting in. Stale Mince, as, as somebody cruelly called him. But then you've Doesn't got teams. You? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got um, then you've got teams like Berry who gambled on the championship when they were in League One and didn't get there. And it's the gamble, and that's a word I hate to hear in football. I remember hearing it just before Chris Sutton came in as manager. Calculated gamble. Never, ever gamble on football. Never gamble on people's livelihoods. And that's that's mm. why, segueing nicely into Lincoln City, that it's it's nice to see that we're not overstretching ourselves. You know, we are being frugal, and you get fans who start moaning and saying, where's the money gone? Why aren't we spending? And, you know, you want a reason why? Go and have a look at Gig Lane now with the chains on it and the weeds on the grass. And then you'll see why that we only spend within our means. Yeah. Pure and simple. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's a fair spot to wrap it up. It's um, it, it's heartbreaking. Any, anybody that is uh, associated with Berry, you know, it's... it's Except Steve it's Dale, just- you're a prick. Well, yeah, I, I tweeted as much the other day. I said, you know, I think it was the day that the initial deadline was there, and I said, you know, thinking of everybody that's uh, associated with the, with with Barry FC today, it's going to be a you know it's a hard day, except for Steve Dale. Screw Steve Dale, and I didn't use the word screw, but I know there are kids that listen to the podcast. So, other, um, well, I think uh, I think our good friend Dean uh, occasionally listens to it in the car with uh, with his lads. So, don't want to don't want to go over the line too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dean. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, um, so yes, we'll we'll move on to to the imps. Um, 
first place to start, um, which is actually something that I have uh, been reminded of by uh, by my good lady wife Rachel. See, she's getting she's getting a name mentioned tonight. Um, the uh, was the sort of pre announcement, if you like, thanks to Harry Anderson's Instagram um, of Ben Coker. Uh, ben Coker arrived, got officially announced at the club on Friday. I want to say, was it Thursday? Was it Friday? It was Thursday. Um, Thursday. There we go. Yeah. So um, heavily rumoured for a while. Um, no, it was Friday. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, right. it, it, so yeah, it was heavily rumoured for for quite a long time. Um, I had heard from from people very close to the club that he he'd signed, and it was just a case of you know waiting for his his injury to heal up a little bit and, and then it was going to be announced, but I didn't know when that was going to be. Um, but yeah, decent signing. Um, really, really excited to see what he can do when he's fit. I mean, is it is it cover? Is it going to be as a replacement for somebody? Who knows? It's, uh, he, he seems like a, a decent lad as well. Seems like he's, uh, he's settling in and getting the social side of things at least sorted, which is always one of the hardest things to do when you move to a new club. Well, he's had plenty of time to do it, hasn't he? Because he rented a house at the beginning of the summer in Lincoln. I think we've already spoken yeah. about it on the pod a few times. What's well, quite funny, um, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, I'll be okay telling this story. I actually interviewed Harry on Thursday night for mm-hmm. uh, the programme, for last night's programme. And, lo- you know, lovely lad. When I first interviewed Harry, I th- he was a little bit quiet and you-, you struggled to get answers out of him. Um, one or two of the players are like that, whether it's a distrusted journalist, I don't know. Um, but he was he was really bubbly this time and he was, you know, banging on about his goals and, and how well he was doing, you know, how well he felt he was doing, how well he was progressing and who that was down to and thanking people. And, and he was he said, I'm actually in Tesco's at the minute. I'm buying stuff for a come dine with me. And I thought, brilliant. This is a good angle for the programme. So I said mm. to him, um, who do you you know who's involved you went, oh it's just a couple of the lads he went it's it's me josh vickers uh jack payne ben coker and then he paused and bear in mind this is the before the come down with me so it's before the instagram reveal and he went no no it's not no it's uh let me think uh no tom pet that's it <laughs> it's just like <laughs> and i didn't want to say anything to harry that I kind of knew because officially I didn't know officially it was a secret. And I, I kind yeah. of, when I, I dropped Terry an email the next morning and I just said, you know, this is what Harry said. And he, he thing is, it must be tough because they will have seen Ben around the training ground. You know, as far yeah. as I'm aware, he's been working on his rehabilitation over the summer with us, even before the players came back from training. It's my mm. understanding that he was with the club. Um Okay. So I, th- I just think it's, um, I think it'll be a good sign in at depth. Depends how fit he gets back to be. Um, it's whether it's cover for Harry. I mean, it will be the first time that we've had real cover at left back, I think, for a while, won't it? Because we had Sam Habergam and we used to throw a right back over at left back when we needed to. Um, I think Sean Long played left back for a while, didn't he? And then last year we had Harry, but we've never really had left back cover. Um, I think mm. Ricardo Calder was probably one that I remember from from the National League years. Um, whether quite how that will work, I don't know. But I think as we push on with the season, I think Danny wants to win the EFL trophy. And I think he wants to finish top 10 in the league. And in order to do that, you've got to have 20 players. Bare minimum, 20 fit players. At the minute, we've got Ben Coker and he isn't a fit player. When he gets fit, we'll see. We'll see. Looks good, good signing on paper. Yeah. Excellent stuff, right? So it was um, 
it, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to give props to the uh, to the media team for the announcement video. It was superb. Yeah, the way that they handled it, I think it was. Uh, you know, I think they could have probably gone down the route of Harry Anderson blaming his nan again for the social media stuff, but um, it was really nice to see that they just they really lent into the humour side of it, and it was um, it was possibly the best announcement video I've seen in in a long time. Aside from the one, was it? I can't remember which team it was that took the piss out of Mansfield. Oh, um, that was uh, bloody Atherton Collieries. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. It was a, a non league side that did a really big, uh, really great parody of the let's be honest farcical announcement of mansfield town but uh you know what i'm anyway, just yeah. touching on the media team i mean I, I class terry as a as a personal friend um and i don't want that to sound a little bit cringy or anything like that but i do you know well, it brings me up when he's got something for me to do for the program or vice versa but we'll always have a chat and i get on really well with terry and all he started out as doing was writing a blog about sheffield wednesday and about computer games um, and he was he'd done van driving and bits and bobs like that, and he decided to follow his dream and went off to university. And all he's done is is similar to what I've done, but he's ended up as media manager at Lincoln City. And I think coming from that background as a supporter, and I think it, I think it gives him a little bit more of a grounding. I think our media team work really really well, and um, some really good lads in there. But yeah, Terry, I've got a lot of time for and you can see his humour coming through in it and whoever it was I know we're going to talk about it in a minute but whoever it was who described Bruno Andrade's goal as a rip snorter um, is definitely <laughs> in line for a pay rise as far as I'm concerned <laughs> there we go um, yeah well so we'll start off with uh, with you know talk of the imps this week with with Doncaster um, it's it's a rare one where I think we're actually in quite a, a buoyant mood, despite the fact we've got two defeats to talk about. Um, obviously, the first one was Saturday. Uh, I mean, coming out of it, I didn't feel... Well, I didn't feel great because we'd lost, but I, I didn't feel as positive about certain aspects as I think a lot of others did. Um, I think we played fairly well. Uh, we, we managed to contain what... Well, it... it, it it promised to be a possibly bit, possibly a bit of a scrappy game in um, in the middle of the park, uh, but yeah, I, I I just didn't find myself at the end of it thinking much at all, to be honest. Um, what was your take on on Saturday? Um, I, to be honest, I, I I felt we matched a team at least matched a team who finished in the top six last season. So I think there's an element of perspective that um, that this team were one game away give or take, because it was penalties in the semi-final they got knocked out of. But, you know, if they'd got through that, they were one game away from being a championship side. So one game away from mm. trips to Leeds and Derby and Middlesbrough. And so that's quite an achievement in my eyes. The manager was a championship manager last year uh, in, in West Brom, and he took West Brom into the what, the top 10, I think they finished in the end. I think they fell out of the playoffs, didn't they? I might be wrong. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't think that we should underestimate that. Um, yes, we lost the game. Yes, we conceded what was a stunning goal from Niall Ennis. Um, and then a, a, probably not the, the greatest of goals to concede from from Jack Payne's point of view. I think it was who lost the ball for, for John Taylor's goal. Yeah, um, I'll stick by 
that saying that you win some, you lose some. And away at Doncaster Rovers in the Championship is one of the games that I didn't have earmarked as any points for Lincoln this season. And I think what we actually did was we went there and we matched them. I think we were better there than we were against Rotherham. Certainly in terms of, of passes and completions we were. I mean, we made... Um, 211 passes with a 64% accuracy away at Rotherham. And we made 382 passes with 78% accuracy away at Doncaster. So we played better in terms of passing. Mm. Um, in terms of shots, again, 15, three on target, Doncaster, three, three on target at Rotherham. So perhaps the only thing, the only thing that stopped us winning that game was a lack of clinical finishing. And yet, that yeah. can't be right because John Akindi wasn't playing for most of the game. And if I was led to be believed, he was the only reason we didn't score goals last season. Um, do, you know, I, I, from, do you know what it looked like to me, yeah. Ben? Honestly and truthfully, it looked like a really good team feeling their way in to their style of play. And I think that's what we have to write it down to, to put it down to. Yeah, I think that's the best way of looking at it. Um, it's... <sighs> I think I said this to somebody last night, is that the team look like they're starting to gel. They look like they're starting to to find their feet in the league. They look like they're starting to really get a sense of each other more than anything else and, and what what they're all um, capable of. You know, obviously you get that in training, you get that week in, week out. But when you have a uh, an actual competitive game, um, you know, when, when you're actually in that point, it, it's... It, it's something that we've not experienced before. You know, we, we said this last week where we are still new to league one, you know, it, it, it's a different, um, it's a different level. It's a different, it's a different atmosphere in, you know, in some ways, but um, the, I think that the team are still almost finding their feet. Um, but like you say, I think that they're just trying to find that perfect way of, of playing and getting the, the chances created. Cause I think ultimately that was where, um, that was where it let us down a little bit. Was in the areas where we weren't creating the chances, and it was nice to um, <laughs> it was nice to actually speak to uh, Steve Thompson and uh, good old Mister Horton on uh, on Radio Lincolnshire. Who, by the way, Michael Horton says that this is an excellent podcast. Yeah, I bet he don't listen. <laughs> I bet he just says that he must be too busy. He's, he's got better things to do than listen to me and you. He must. He's he's got to have. Oh, I don't know. If if you are listening, Michael, give us a tweet. There you go. How about that? Um, so yeah, it was it was nice to sort of have a have a chat, and then uh, I think Tomo said it was he he sort of agreed with me, and that there was a lack of, of being able, not necessarily being able to, but a lack of that final ball or that final chance. And I think the thing that I picked up on quite a bit was that it seems like Jack Payne has possibly got a little bit of almost like shot anxiety, where he gets to a point and you think, go on, pull the trigger, and by the time you say that. He's he's not done it, and he's he's sort of cut inside, or he's he's not not had a shot when he could have got one away. And I think it, it's almost like he just needs to get that first goal. And when he does, I think it will be a, a case of him starting to be a bit more free and a bit more um, a bit more open with his with his play and with his shots. But don't blame um, the player, blame the game. Everyone said the same thing last year about Shane McCartan didn't pull the trigger enough. Said the same about Tom Pett didn't pull the trigger enough. A pattern emerging there. Danny likes to retain possession. He likes to get into good areas. He likes to keep defend the, the the opposition pressed in. 
And I think he doesn't want us rattling shots off left, right and centre and giving up possession when the player doesn't decide that the opening is clear cut. Payne rattled three or four off in the opening few matches. Certainly I remember two from range against Accrington and one from range against Southend and didn't hit the target. And you just wonder if those those misses are, are being mentioned to him because last night, whenever he got on the ball, he was always looking for the pass. Sideways as well, mm. which um, which again, I know players get criticised for, but I thought Jack Payne, aside from his slip, had a very good game. Yeah. It's just, it's about finding the patterns and it's also about the opposition blocking us off. Um, you yeah. know, they, they played a, a 4-2-3-1, which I think Southend were 4-4-2 when we played them. Rotherham were 4-3-3. Accrington played very deep 4-4-1-1, but that was at home. So it was a like-for-like um, formation. There wasn't a lot of space in the areas that we wanted it because they've got two centre-halves and two central midfielders operating that kind of middle two-thirds of the pitch. And you've got Jack Payne, who's, who's five foot nothing, trying to find space around those four players. And he's only got kind of Tyler Walker ahead of him. And the wingers are tied up with the fullbacks. A lot of the emphasis then is probably on Mickey or uh, or Joe Morrell to kind of move forward and make it much more like a, a 4-1-4-1, which is hard to do in the middle of the game. There's, there's not a lot for me to complain about because I've not seen a single game this season against anybody who have looked like they will finish above us in the division. Um, not at all. And I know it's easy to say when we've, we've won three and lost two, but, you know, we were better... We were better against MK Dons than Everton were against us, but we'll we'll touch on Everton in a bit. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, it, it was just a really it was a deflating atmosphere coming home, not least because it took us a half an hour to get out of the car park. But it was um, it, it was just one of those afternoons where we just went, oh, you, you know, you almost expected us to bounce back a little bit from from MK, but like you say, they were almost a championship club and. Um, yeah, I think we gave a, a decent account of ourselves. I think I was probably a bit too harsh on things when I was coming away, but I, I just felt it a little bit on on Saturday. Um, but uh, that was all kind of brushed aside as we prepared for um, the the Carabao Cup game. Now it was you. I know you and I don't necessarily like the term a day out, but ultimately, I, I think the result genuinely was secondary to everything else last night um and I thought that going in I thought as long as we don't get hammered as long as we don't sit there and embarrass ourselves then we'll be absolutely fine and I I had no reason to suspect that we would embarrass ourselves because um you know it's it's a Danny Cowley side and a Danny Cowley side going up against it will always give everything that they've got um and I've got to say it was one of the most exciting and one of the better games of football that I've seen at Central Bank in a very, very long time last night. I thought it was, everything was fantastic on and off the pitch. Um, I don't think anybody had a bad game. I don't think anybody had a bad evening in terms of, um, in terms of the staff. I thought everything was, was organised really well. I thought everything was uh, sort of put into place. And the fact that we got, a complete sellout and it was on sky and the noise could be heard from the common was a f- it was just a phenomenal evening for the football club and the fact that we lost is you know it was it was tough to take when that fourth goal went in um but at the end of it it was shown because not a single person moved from their seats which was 
I mean, that was bizarre in itself because normally we have to wait to walk down the stairs and, you know, we've, we've mentioned it on the early podcasts where there's people clogging up the stairs. But last night, nobody moved out to the stairs to clap. Everyone was stood in their seats, just didn't move and, you know, saluted off a, a performance that I think any team has every every right to be proud of. Um, it was just a, a really good night despite the result. Yeah, some people who listen to the podcast will have seen me leave before the final whistle. Oh, well, let's not let, let's edit that bit out. Let's not worry about that bit, Gary. <laughs> no, no, leave it in. I'm not going to pretend. Um, I I would love to have clapped lads off, but I know how painful it is to trying to get out at the end of the game, and when you live 45 minutes away, it's a ball ache. Um, hmm. I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> Going into the game, never do seem to when we play Everton or I'm feeling in the FA Cup. I don't get up for these cup ties. And when I was a kid, I used to love them. Oh, I've got a Premier League team coming and you'd want to get the league game out of the way because you'd want to go and see the faces you saw on television. Couldn't give a toss about that. Not anymore. Um, and then when I saw the teams and you're running your eye down our team and, you know, Aaron Lewis playing, who's a reserve player, greatest respect to him he is. Um mm. Big John now, who's not a first-choice striker. Keon's come in, who's he's clearly not a first-choice centre-half. And you begin to think, it's a decent side. If that side goes out in the league, we don't. I don't feel worried. Now you look at their side. I did the maths today. I think I got it to £268 million. Well, That's without <laughs> add-ons. If you put add-ons on, it's it's £300 million. And, um, and And our team, if, if the things are money's to be believed, cost £200,000. And... You know, there was players in the Everton team that in probably in two, three weeks will earn what our entire team cost in terms of transfers. And I was yeah. worried because I thought these, you know, they're going to be merciless. And all we can do is hope and pray. I, t- I said, if, we, if we're level at half time, I'll take that. And I took over three and a half goals in Everton to win on my bet. Which obviously came in, and I took over three goal. Uh, I took three goals in each or more in each half, and and you know, unfortunately, although there was enough goals, we didn't. It, it, I just thought there'd be goals. I thought we'd get hammered, and like you say, yeah, it was in. It was a great night. Actually, it was a great occasion. There was a fantastic atmosphere, helped dare I say by some away fans that actually cared. Um, they yeah. were vocal. They were passionate. I know that the little flashpoints in the corner, people kind of talk and raise their eyes. I love it. A bit of passion. You know, it's better than watching 50 vegans sat tucking into their pea crisps or whatever in it in the corner, not giving a care about <laughs> it is that, isn't it? Not giving a care about the result or, and, you know, with the greatest of respect to teams like that, that Crawley come away and, you know, eight of them look disinterested in the corner and there's four kids colouring in on their faces. Do you know, oh, no, football's about that passion <laughs> and about that anger. It's not about the div that Absolutely. turned up with a Liverpool shirt. Like, come on, it's Lincoln versus Everton. Why are you bringing a Liverpool shirt? He should be banned, not least for wearing tracky bottoms in public. But, um, <laughs> but well, seriously, I thought there'd be tracky bottoms in the away end. I half expected it. But honestly, <laughs> but um, no, on a serious note, what a great night, great passion. And you know, 21 seconds was all it took for me to get interested. It was all it got for it to actually mean something, to become not a yeah. meaningless cup tie, but a 
Jesus Christ, we've scored against Everton. That's the England goalkeeper. Mm. That left back's got a World Cup winner's medal. Morgan Schneiderlin was, well, actually, he's played in League One before, hasn't he? He must, he must have done um, <laughs> how easy he went down for the penalty. But, <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. And as I as I said earlier, Everton made 584 passes at 86% completion rate. And against MK Dons, we made 624 at 87% completion rate. And we had six more shots against MK Dons we, uh, than Everton did. We had 27 with eight on target and then we had 21 with eight on target. So we were better against MK Dons and lost 2-1 than they were against us, costing £300 million. Absolutely crazy. I mean, it, yeah, it, it was just like you say, twenty-one seconds. I know it's you know to some people when you say twenty-one seconds that it will immediately conjure up images of the so solid crew. And I was just thinking that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and incredibly, uh, you know, hazy nights on a dance floor in in somewhere in Lincoln, or in my case, in a sixth form common room, just being a bit of a moron but like it it was it was unbelievable wasn't it like you you watch the game you've got the i've got the the video from from uh, sky sports i think they tweeted out of the first minute and it was it, you watch the kickoff and you think okay cool yeah it's gone out for a throw and fair enough oh 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 john's gone up for a throw a, a flick on it looks like he might have got his head to oh hang on no payne's got it what oh it's a great kick but bloody hell we've scored and it, it was just that whole moment, everything just kind of went a bit crazy. Um, and it, it, You think too much. I didn't think any of that. I was just watching. You're there <laughs> thinking, oh, ah, uh, uh, like a bloody <laughs> carry-on movie. I'm just sat watching the game. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> if, if you were to try and describe it. <laughs> like, honestly, the, the, the atmosphere last night was one of the best atmospheres I've ever experienced at a match. It was just phenomenal. Um, start to finish as well. Like, as I said, the, the, there's a clip doing the rounds on social media of um, 617 bouncing around before the game, shot from the common, and you can hear it as if they were stood on the pitch. I, the, I've, got a, I've got a colleague that works, uh, that, that works obviously he works with me because he's a colleague, but he lives very close to Sinsel Bank, and he said that he, he just... He could tell exactly what was happening at any point last night because it was uh, the noise was just phenomenal. So, so it um, should be, yeah. So I, it should be in league games as well. And you know, I I think that we we over egg last night a little bit, and we're going to because it was loud and there was a great atmosphere um, and it was fantastic. But I think actually, if, if you go to some of the big local derbies that we've had in recent years as well. Um, you know, certainly ones I think against Coventry and which isn't a local derby, which but games against Coventry, local derbies against Mansfield, stuff like that. Grimsby. I think there's been a phenomenal atmosphere then, but I think it's you know, when you've got the away fans there as well. I, I think the noise levels were right up. I think it was a great atmosphere. Um I you always I'm always tempted to say, Oh, it's you know, it's the best ever, but it's up there with Oldham, it's up there with Ipswich, it's up there with some of the and they're all night games as well yeah. and I think we've said it before there's something special about that under the floodlights brighter colours and all that sort of thing yeah. yeah it was it was great I mean it meant absolutely nothing at all because we lost um, we're in exactly the same position as we were before the game kicked off £100,000 better off and everybody knows we're brilliant um, including Darren Bent who was praising Bruno Andrade's goal 
Did he get his Interesting thing. Uh, I don't know. Interesting thing, though. Two players I, I, I didn't pick out in my write-up earlier that I'd like to pick out quickly. Obviously, Bruno, and we can talk about his goal. Um, I don't think there's a lot of point. Everyone's seen it. It was great. You know, us telling them it's great. It's not going to change their mind. It was great. <laughs> but yeah. I was looking at... I was looking at interceptions and clearances, which I think were really important last night um, because we had to make an awful lot of interceptions and we had to make even more clearances. Um, And we made 51 interceptions over the course of the whole game. Okay, Um, Jason Shackle made nine of them. Kian Bolger made eight of them. Bruno Andrade made eight of them. And I think that's really interesting because there's this image of Bruno uh, being a, a kind of a, a fancy Dan winger and all that sort of stuff. But outside the two central defenders, he made more interceptions than anyone else on the Lincoln team. Mm. And I think that's that's interesting when you consider the preconception that people have of Bruno to a degree, who did celebrate his goal, which was quite nice to see as well. So <laughs> maybe all of that was, was wrong. And, but the really interesting one for me, and it, it kind of reinforces one of the beliefs that I've been desperate to try and unspin, but it's Kian Bolger. Because people said before Bolger was dropped, you know, four games, four clean sheets, Bolger's been brilliant, why are we dropping him? And Bosnia and Shackle come in and, you know, I saw some craziness saying that that Bosnia should be dropped, which kind of made me go and sit down in a dark room for a minute um, and and collect my thoughts. (laughs) But Bolger was outstanding last night. Yeah. as a team, and I think I've got them wrong around, I think it was clearances, but as a team, we made, uh, talking about um, clearances and interceptions here. So as a team, we made 42 clearances during the game last night. Okay. Keon Bolger made 14 of those. So Damn. he made more... Yeah, he made it. It's a third. Yeah, but there, your maths is incredibly better than mine. Incredibly better. <laughs> your English is as well, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so Bolger made a third of all our clearances, and for me, I, I, that's an astounding number. It really is. You would expect the two centre halves to be making the most clearances, and they, they did. Bolger made fourteen. Shackle made eight, and then Aaron Lewis five. Harry Anderson four. Bruno Andrade four. And Michael O'Connor two. Uh, so there you go. I mean, yeah. what, what you say, Kian Bolger? You know, he's gonna. It's gonna be a really, really brave manager. Well, it's gonna be Danny because he is our manager uh, who drops him on Saturday. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it, it gives you a. It gives you a couple of of headaches if you if you're Danny because obviously. You, you say we're not going to talk about Bruno's goal. I I just want to say the fact that about two minutes beforehand I put out on Twitter that I, I think we'll, I'll be absolutely gobsmacked if we get anything more from this game due to the um, the nature of the substitutions, which were, you know, as Danny said, pre-planned. Um, they were defensive substitutions and then we switched out. Um, who came off for, for Graham, was it? Payne. Uh, it was Jack Payne, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, came off, for, Jack Payne came off for George Grant and I thought, okay, cool, it's... I, I don't think there's going to be enough to, to maybe get another goal. I think that's probably where we'll end it. And I think it will be a, a, a valiant effort in the, on the night, but then um, Aaron Lewis kind of strode forward a little bit, put a, put a ball in clearance got made. And I, I, I don't think I've seen a goal like that 
in the flesh for a long, long time. It was an absolute bullet that came off Bruno's uh, Bruno's boot. And for about five minutes afterwards, all the people around me, all that we could say to each other was that was did that genuinely just happen? Because it was an absolutely phenomenal strike. Um and yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be well up there for goal of the season because technically, you you look at the footage back and technically he gets it absolutely perfect. He catches it perfectly in flight. His body's in the perfect position and it just flew into the net. Um, just a wonderful strike. But um, yeah, I, I just, I, I wonder whether, like you say, I think you've got to be a brave manager to drop Kian uh, to, to Bulger. I wonder if it's going to be the point where Bruno starts coming back into the starting lineup because he's been he's he's been working incredibly hard. He said so in uh, in his post match interview last night. He said he's been really keen to to force his way back into the side. And I just wonder if last night was the the sort of springboard that he needed to to get himself back in. Um, what do you reckon? No, oh, it'd be a big call. You're not going to drop Harry Anderson for me. He's probably been one of our best players. Since the start of the season, I think Harry's really upped his game. So it's going to be a straight fight between George Grant and Bruno. And do you know what? I can't see Danny dropping Grant at the minute. And it's like, I think um, I think Rob Makepeace said on the radio last night, you know, you can play Grant centrally, you can play Bruno centrally. So then that gives the option of dropping Jack Payne, um, which is a little bit like giving yourself the option of, of chopping off your little finger, isn't it? It's, it's an option, but it's not one that you're going to go, actually, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I think injury, I think fitness is going to be a big thing as well. Bruno won't start Saturday because he started last night. Sadly, I think it's the same for Kean. you know. Mm. So we shall, we shall see. Yeah, um, but before we, before we move off Everton, I just want to put a... Uh, something out because there was a, a tweet that I liked last night, which I thought was brilliant uh, from uh, a, a bookmaker who I'm not going to mention the name of, but it says, uh, it's a quote that says the fastest shot on goal was recorded at 183 kilometers an hour, which is 114 miles an hour when a football was kicked by David Hurst playing for Sheffield Wednesday on the 16th of September, 1996. Bruno Andrade, hold my drink. And um, somebody replied with uh, how fast was Andrade's? <laughs> and the response was just very which I thought was, I thought that was brilliant. I'm pleased that was going somewhere because when you said to hold my drink, that's one of those tweets that makes me cringe. You know, like we were saying about limbs and you love to see it, that whole hold my drink, I'm sick of it. And so I'm glad that was going somewhere. Otherwise I was about to take the mick out of you. Oh yeah, I wasn't going to leave it at that. Definitely not. Because I I know that you would have hated it. Um, Anyway, Um, yeah. yeah. The other thing I'd just like to say, now one thing I'd like to raise as well, Sky Sports. Can you give me, and they won't listen, so I know the answer to this is no. Um, can you give me a justifiable reason why the pundit, or I was told that the pundit in the studio last night was Graham Alexander, the Salford manager? That's a really good question. And the only thing that I can the only thing I can think is that it's Salford. Yeah, that's it. That's it. They had to get Salford in there somewhere. It's a sickening loving that I'm. It's beginning to really grip my shit, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's just Salford, Salford, Salford. You know, they could have had 
David Poppleton, who was an Everton player who came and played for us. I mean, he doesn't do punditry. Um, but they could have had anybody connected with Everton or Lincoln and they get the Salford manager. You know, if they can't show Salford on telly, let's get the Salford manager in to talk about the game. They're not even in our league. They're not even in Everton's league. It's embarrassing. So, mm-hmm. should we move on? Yes, absolutely. So, um, before we discuss the weekend, we've got a new signing to talk about, which is... I was uh, I was genuinely quite surprised at. Um, well, I was surprised at the announcement. I, I had again heard um, heard a little rumor um, fairly recently, but uh, Callum Connolly has has joined the Imps on loan. So um, I'm not overly familiar with his um, with his history, but I know you've said that uh, you, you put on Twitter earlier that he's played regular Championship games. So. Um, I shall allow you to to take it away on this one. It sounds like it's an exciting season. Uh, exciting exciting uh, Callum, signing, that's what I meant. Uh, Callum Connolly won the World Cup with England at under-20 level, won the Toulon tournament with England at under-21 level, has been on loan, I believe, twice at Bolton with Wigan and with Ipswich, always in the Championship and has racked up, I think it's 84 Championship appearances across those three clubs. Um I had had him build as a holding defensive midfielder, which he can play, but he can also play left back and right back as well. Um, I think thus far, last season, I think he spent something like 20% of his time at right back, same at left back, and then he played on the right and the left of a holding midfield. So he offers a lot of options. Problem with him offering options is Everton aren't going to loan him to us to sit on the bench. So somebody in that team, he's going to be, the unlucky loser, I'm afraid, um, because Callum Connolly will play. You, you don't bring in a player who's won the World Cup at under-20 level when he's now only 21 and say, sit on the bench. Mm. Um, it's going to be interesting. Personally, I think it's going to take some pressure off Michael O'Connor. And we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. I think I rate O'Connor. Um, as you know, I think he was one of our strongest players last season. But I think. Are you sure? Because I, I don't know if there's there's a few people that might suggest otherwise. Yeah, there are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I would tell those people to go to hell. Um, yeah, so I, I I wonder if we're going to see Connolly partner Joe Morrell because he's, if he can play fullback, we're not going to drop Harry Toffolo. I really can't see that happening. So I think Toff's been, you know, he had a great game. I think Tomo gave him one of the match on one of the last couple of games. I don't think he's been a real threat. He scores goals. He gets up and down the line nicely. I, don't, I can't see his dropping Neil Erdley. Um, depending on how we keep, if we keep Aaron Lewis, I suppose is the big question. Or is uh, is, is Connolly going to kind of cover at right back? It's it's an interesting signing, but it's a big signing. Mm. It's the sort of signing a League Two club don't make. You know, if he's last year was was Wigan and Bolton, he was on loan with, and he finished the season playing for Bolton in the Championship regularly against teams like Aston Villa, who are now in the Premier League, Leeds, Middlesbrough, Derby, you know, Nottingham Forest, big, big clubs. Um, big signing, big signing, really interesting. I would imagine that there will be at least, I would imagine one more tomorrow, but I might be, very, and obviously we're recording this Thursday night, I might not be right there, um, but I would, I suspect that Danny's got something else up his sleeve. Uh, before deadline day, and then I would imagine that he will be hoping to do some business on deadline day as well. Yeah, I mean, I I would be very surprised um, if we don't see a forward come in um, before deadline day, or well, before the end of the, the window, um, primarily because we've 
well, we, we've got two strikers and we've got another one out on loan at the moment until January, I think, because um, Alex Bradley's gone out to Harrogate for the season, I think, and Jordan Adebayo-Smith's gone out to Boston until January. So it, it wouldn't surprise me um, to see another striker come in just to give us, again, that little bit of depth and add something extra. Um, but I, I just think it's uh, it, it sounds like it's another ambitious signing that says, right, we're not here to, to make up the numbers again. We're here to to make a go of it. And it's it's an exciting one, like you say. So um do you think he'll go straight into the squad for Saturday? Or straight into the first the, the first eleven for Saturday? I think he'll go straight into the squad. First eleven, possibly, possibly not. I wouldn't want to call that Danny's first elevens do surprise me sometimes, but there's absolutely no doubt he'll be in the squad. No doubt at all. There we go. Um, so speaking of Saturday, we've obviously got um second home game on the bounce against Fleetwood. Um Joey Barton is is probably glad that uh Reedy's been sold to Billericay uh because he's not gonna have to come up against him, but he will have to f- come up against Danny Cowley in a slightly different role as as before. Um and let's just hope that he's uh, his previous doesn't doesn't come to pass and he, he doesn't assault Danny at the end of the game, allegedly. Um, so yeah, how do you see it playing out? I, I think it's going to be a tricky game is, is probably the best way to describe it. In, in my opinion, they're all tricky at this level. Um, if we were playing, if we were QI, I would be uh, chastising you now and there'd be a big thing going off behind you and you'd be sat there with that muggish look on your face like Alan Davies gets, um, <laughs> because written under Fleetwood on my notes in huge letters is let's not fall into the Barton trap. Um, because for me the Barton trap is going we're playing Fleetwood Joe Barton and that kind of works massively in their favour and two guys talking about it is is by the by all of the emphasis is on Fleetwood it's all of the emphasis rather is on Barton when you talk about Fleetwood Fleetwood Mm. are Joey Barton the criticism the controversy success failure it's all down to Joey Barton. And I would say, and I'm sure you're, uh, as an informed um, podcaster, you don't fall into this. But I would say if I grabbed mm, 75% of the supporters wearing Lincoln shirts last night and said, name me three Fleetwood players, I bet I wouldn't have got an answer from them. The only answer I might have got from some of them would have been Chet Evans. Why is that? Another controversial figure. Hmm. Do you want to play that game or should we move on? Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so what you've actually got with Fleetwood is a really competent and organised football team who can switch formations with relative ease, who had a very good season last season, who didn't lose a lot of players, but instead have added really, really well. Um, we'll steer away from their manager because they've got that impending court case and if, if things don't go right, it could backfire. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they can play four three three. They can play four two three one. They can play four one four one. And the four one four one they've played twice this season, both away from home against Doncaster and Forest, which makes it one of the two that I think they'll play against us. The other one could be a four three three. I actually think we quite like playing against a four three three as well. So I think were it um, were it that formation that they came in, I think that that we would probably quite enjoy that. Um, I think South End they were four four two and we got quite a bit of joy there as well. So um really good players. I'm not going to talk just about Chet Evans. 
but he did score 17, 18 goals, I think, at this level last season. So he's an incredibly good footballer. Um, they've got two other forwards in and around Evans or in and around the first team. Um, Paddy Madden, really good player. Uh, and Ashley Hunter. And Hunter's one that I uh, wrote a few pieces about, I think, for Football League World last year. Um, really, really good footballer. Again, they're good on the ball. They break quickly, but they are also very, very organised. Uh, they signed Paul Coots on loan, uh, not on loan, sorry, on a free transfer from Sheffield United in the summer. And for me, that was it's kind of like our Jason Shackle signing, um, except Coots is a little bit younger, but he, he'd been injured. He'd been a big part of Sheffield United's resurgence through League One and in the early part of the championship got an injury they'd moved on without him and he's dropped down to this level and he should boss this level um they're doing very very well they did lose in the last minute to Doncaster in a game that perhaps they should have won um sounds quite familiar apart from the last minute thing uh, their xg is higher than ours so um they're expected to score goals on more occasions than we are at the moment uh, they average six shots on target per game which again is is quite impressive uh, we had seven against Doncaster uh, on target, three against MK, three against Southend, three against Rotherham. So, you know, they get shots off, and as you would expect them to with the players that they've got in. Um, they like a pass, 411 passes on average per game as well, which is, again, more than us, 79% accuracy, which is about the same. So what you're going to get is a similar game to Southend. You've got a team that likes to pass, patient build-up. But what's going to differ to Southend is they're not crap up front. Um, they've got good players, players who will hurt you, and not just one or two. Danny says it every week, and I think you know we tend to be honest on here. And we said with Southend, they didn't have the players up front that could hurt us, bar probably Charlie Kelman or Cox if they got them in the right areas. But it's not about right areas with the likes of Hunter Evans and Madden. You know, this is these are three players that arguably would be challenging for a first team spot in our team in our side. Evans certainly would. You know, he could play centre forward for us uh, as well as Tyler Walker does whatever you think about him. Hunter's got pace. He can play out wide. Madden, he's going to be incredibly tough. Danny will not want to lose four on the bounce. We would not expect to lose at home to Fleetwood. Um, But don't let the fact that they were National League fallers, don't fall into the Joey Barton trap. Um, This is a team who finished, I believe they were just outside the top six. They were in the top 10 last season. They expect to be here again this season. Come away with a point from this, and that would be... adequate result a win would be a superb result that's extremely well summed up um i think uh yeah it's it's a fair it's a fair one um i uh, you know i'll be brutally honest i haven't really looked into much this week due to it being a little bit crazy but um it, you've summed it up really well there and i think uh yeah a, a draw will be a decent result at the weekend um i'm i'm not expecting to go in you know, with with uh, a defeat in my mind, like I possibly was against Rotherham, um, but I'm I'm looking forward to it because I think that it's the first time in in his career at Lincoln that he's lost three on the trot um, for for Danny. Um, I I want to say it's the first time in his managerial career that he's lost three on the trot, but I, I'm sure that must not be the case. Um, but it, I'm, I'm sure he'll want to. So you want to lie? Sorry. You want to lie? Is that what you basically just said? No, no. You're sure it's not the case, but you want to say it anyway. I'd, I'd like to say that because it just makes him sound really good, but he is anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think it'll be a. I think they'll obviously be fired up. Um, I think it'll be a 
a, a passionate game, and I hope that uh, hope that the crowd is is bolstered by a few people that came for the first time last night because I know there were a few because I listened on uh, Radio Lincolnshire on the way home. And there was a few people on there saying, "Oh yeah, I've never come down before, but it's it's good. Yeah, it was a good game. I'll definitely be back." And um, obviously, the do you, actually, sorry, sorry. Do you know? Do you know what his exact words were? Because I commented on it as well. The exact words of the guy at the end were, "Yeah, I haven't been to Sinselbank before because I've just never found the time." I thought, and the time just happens to be the same day that Everton bring their full squad to Sinselbank. Yeah. That. <laughs> That is timing. That's what that is right there. That is a real stroke of luck. You know what? That guy wants to thank his lucky stars that the time didn't occur when we lost 4-1 at home to North Ferriby in the FA Trophy, doesn't he? Uh, steady, on, steady on, mate. You'll be calling him plastic next. Anyway. <laughs> no, never call anyone plastic at all. Do you remember Ross Wallace? No. Do you remember the footballer Ross Wallace? He was at Burnley, Sheffield Wednesday, Celtic, Sunderland. No. He plays for Fleetwood as well. Just another one. So now you can name you can name three other than Chad Evans. I just wanted to to give you that one. Cool, thank you. I'll uh, I'll note them down. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think uh, having having had the the advert that was undoubtedly on every pub in uh, in the uh, in the county last night. I think it was. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll have a bumper crowd for Saturday, and hopefully, it'll be uh, a, a decent game. So. It's probably going to be a good time to to wrap it up. Um, is there anything you need to plug this week? As I drop my no, just just whatever I'm selling, buy it. Um, <laughs> search me on Amazon if you've already got it. Buy it for a friend. Are you for so, sale on Amazon? No, if you search me on Amazon, though, you get various things that I've put together and published. My season review didn't sell particularly well, um, and that, that surprised me because it was actually a lot better this year than normal because it's bigger with a nicer cover. So that's quite good. Yeah, buy stuff of mine. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and I just want to plug. Um, I just want to plug the gaming website this week because we've had uh, we've had what I can only describe as one of the best games that I've played in a very long time uh, come out this week, which is a game called Control. Um, we did a, a, a YouTube review and we we managed to get it early, which means we could hit it uh, hit the embargo, which means we go up at the same time as all of the big boys like IGN and GameSpot. And it's uh, it's always quite exciting when we can do that because you've got this, you know, normally when we get a game, it's like we get it at the same time as the public. So sometimes reviews are a bit like, oh, well, do we bother with that or not? Because it's everyone's played it now. It's a six-hour-long game and we got it two days after release. And yeah, we'll, we'll do something with it. But it's nice to be able to put in a lot of time before release for a game and, and hopefully put out uh, some content that, people really enjoyed so if you are there just check out uh, next gen base i did a lot of tweets about it earlier in the week as well so check that out um but yeah it's a fantastic game and and i'd like to think we we put some pretty decent content out for it so um yeah that aside i think that's probably a decent spot to end it the podcast that is not not anything else um i We'll see everybody on Saturday. Thank you for everybody that's that's come up recently and, and said that they've enjoyed the podcast because it's uh, it's nice to get that um, nice to get that feedback when you're back at the ground. It's always in you know it's one thing to get it on Twitter and say oh people say oh I'm enjoying the podcast, but then when people come up to you that you've never seen before, um, I had another couple of people come up to me at Doncaster, um, and I, I met Jake as well, um, Jake our roving reporter. Um, I met Jake as well on, on Saturday, which was always nice. So, uh, yeah, um, 
as ever, do do um, leave us a review. That's what I was going to say. I'm I'm so tired. Um, leave us a review and follow us on social media. And we'll see you at the bank on Saturday. All right, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Ninetieth minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, eighteen plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport powered. By fans.